0: Welcome to episode 150 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC Animated Universe, co-created by Bruce Timm. I am Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, actually, Cameron, right off the bat, I got a question for you. Yeah. Yo. So this is our our 150th official episode. Yes. Meeting. Congratulations episode, to you
1: and to yes, me. Yes, and to you, and to, and
0: to me, <laughs> and to us, and to us. Uh, but obviously, we only consider f- like proper canonical episodes to be episodes about the DCAU. We've uh, done tons of other random bonus episodes from movies to best single artist film soundtracks. Yes. <laughs> Probably my favorite of the most obscure uh, specials we've done. But I had a question for you What do you think is our actual episode count?
1: Oh, uh, 197.
0: You know what, you're pretty damn close. This marks 193. Oh, dang. Total number of episodes we've done. But that that is really close. You're paying more attention than I gave you credit for. <laughs> so And I think amongst that we've only had, I want to say two lost episodes, right? Like one we had to re-record, and then we we our first attempt to do remote recording we didn't publish. But other than Oh, that, that's, that's right. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good streak. Yeah, and, and on top of that, so. we've also
1: only missed like two
0: weeks um maybe I think like it's, three or four I think it's weeks more now at this point yeah i think it's probably maybe closer to like four or five but hey you know what who's counting other than us right now <laughs> yes it's very exact segment uh know, but for three we, years worth of doing this we're doing pretty yeah, good three, uh, closing it on four actually yeah, at this point now in august um, yeah but by the time we are like in person once again we'll probably be at four years yeah so, <laughs> yeah that's true uh but you know so we're gonna do uh rather Fortuitous timing that uh, for hundred and fifty episode, we're covering the big league. So the Static Shock Justice League. Oh, no, sorry. The League of Their Own.
1: Yes. We, we I, did. I, I get my uh, for, confused. for anyone who is being a stickler on the episode guide, uh, probably just Watchtower. We are shifting around one episode because um, there's one pesky episode right between where we ended and and these two episodes. We're just going to kind of push to yeah. next week.
0: Wow. But the, these would were, per your suggestion, great episodes to do for 150 because, you know, it's it's a big episode. Yeah. Static meets most of the Justice League, and these were some pretty solid episodes. So we're, we're going to do that. We're going to do kind of a, a little recap of our, our best and worst episodes. Uh, not of us as a podcast because I don't even remember those episodes. They're all but the worst. The, they're all the worst. But of the, the shows we've covered so far. Uh, but first, we want to talk a little bit about news. Um, Unfortunately, there is a news topic that is inescapable for us this week because it has set DC comic fandom uh, alight. But before we get to that, you had a couple of little things you wanted to talk about. Uh,
1: I I did. I'll I'll start on the most positive one for me, pending theater reopenings in the near future. um, We got a tweet from Edgar Wright this week saying that my favorite film, one of my favorite films, Scott Pilgrim, is coming back into theaters for its 10th anniversary. Which I'm ecstatic for. Uh, Scott Pilgrim was the first movie I saw like a special preview for. So we had like it. We were like the Dallas premiere of it. Uh, And it was wonderful. It was the first movie I dressed up for. Uh, I dressed up as Brandon Roth's Todd Ingram. Great choice. Yep. Uh, There was like a whole costume contest and we all lost, my friend group and I, (laughs) because we put in none of the effort. Uh, but yeah, that that's super exciting for me. Uh, This week, depending on when you're watching or listening to this, uh, HBO Max comes out in the next couple of days. Ah, uh, yes, this is true. Are you excited for anything coming out on this infinitely expanding platform of streaming networks?
0: I... I don't even know what's on there. I'm like looking through a list right now. I mean, uh, you had mentioned to me before the show that all of the, uh, the studio Ghibli films will be on there. Yeah, I haven't seen most of those. So I think for that alone, that might be a good way for me to catch up on a lot of them. But like,
1: Uh, I think one of the big ones is they announced fresh Prince is going to be on there. A lot of people are excited for that one. Uh, Dr. Who, I don't know how much of who, but Dr. Who is going to be on there.
0: Okay, I've been meaning to to finish catching up on who at some points. So maybe I'll come back around to that. Uh, uh,
1: your your favorite movie is going to be on there, Casablanca.
0: I mean, I already have Casablanca.
1: Yeah, but now you can watch it easier and pay easier. a little bit more for <laughs> like,
0: it. Like for me, at the end of the day, like whatever Warner Brothers can offer that I'm actually going to want to like watch a lot of is going to be the stuff that's already up on DC Universe. So I think until the DC Universe stuff completely merges with hbo max i probably won't even end up getting hbo max that's fair
1: yeah because i mean even the the new content some of it i'm excited for like the new looney tunes seems pretty fun uh anna kendrick is getting her own show or movie oh uh, God, she has something on everything she had that quibi show too yeah did we talk about quibi no At i don't all? want to talk about okay. <laughs> we don't need to talk about we Brody. don't need to talk about it. I'm, I'm just happy that <laughs> katzenberg is failing again but yeah, so that, that comes out this week. Uh, I'm sure I'll watch something on there just to kind of see see what it's all about. Um, but the biggest news connected to HBO yes. Max that we got this week to both of our uh, d- I, depressed states...
0: Yeah, I have very mixed feelings on this.
1: Is uh, uh, It was announced by multiple sources that... 2021 HBO max will be getting the Snyder cut.
0: Yes. The Snyder Cut of Justice league. It finally got released. Um, are you, are you, so I, I'm coming at, I had this from a,
1: a handful of directions. Are you more upset that the, the, like the trolls won the internet, like the Twitter, the Twitter assholes won and they got what they wanted. Or are you more upset that like, I guess that that's really it. I'm just that's upset really that, that, I, look, that they want.
0: Like, I am I am curious to see this movie. I mean, I, I remember coming out of Justice League saying that it made Batman versus Superman look good by comparison, because at least that was like semi-cohesive. And everything I've heard about the director's cut of Batman vs. Superman is that it, it is significantly better. And I think look, I think when we ultimately watch it, which we will Of course. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be pretty as all Zack Snyder movies are. I think it is going to be more coherent than the justly we got. Although that is not difficult to do because that movie is just complete mess. I don't think it's going to be like this, this masterpiece that everyone is making it out to be. Um, And I think the, that its existence creates more problems potentially than it solves. I agree. Like, I... And you and I have always not been super hot on this to begin with anyways. And I think maybe part of it is, too, that the the release of Snyder Cut fan base is also heavily tied with the, like, really caustic, toxic, masculine part of the DC fan base. I'm not saying that they are exclusive to one another, but I think there's some pretty significant overlap between the two. And so the fact that that group... Even if it's a a section of that group is now feel like vindicated is bad. I also don't think anyone's going to learn any lessons that's going to make studio and creative behavior going forward any different. I don't think Warner Brothers' studio is going to look at this and go like, "Oh, well, hey, like maybe we should just let our creatives have a little more free reign and we should interfere less." I don't think they're going to learn that lesson because that they didn't. That's not the lesson they're learning here. The lesson they learned here is like, "Oh, we." Had a version of the movie that didn't make money. We found a new way to make money off of it. Let's go ahead and do it.
1: That that's my fear. Is the studios are now going to see this as an opportunity to milk movies more? We're going to yeah. have multiple. Ver- we're going we're going to get a Blade Runner situation. We're yeah. going to have the studio version, the director version, the theatrical version, the like extended version, the deleted scenes version, the and like I- the made for tv version.
0: And I, that to me, that I have no interest in that. I mean, it, it's it's sort of similar to like what's now happened with the Star Wars trilogy, the original trilogy, where it's just like, oh, which version is it? Is it the original version? Is it the, like the slightly enhanced version from the early nineties? Yeah, is it the, the, the two thousand
1: CGI version.
0: Yeah, is it the Blu-ray versions? Is it now even the new fucking McClunky versions that are on Disney Plus? Like, I, I, you get into that sort of territory of like, oh, if there is demand for these different cuts, then we can kind of get away with like having multiple releases. That is, I think a potentially dangerous thing just in terms of like that, not being good for audiences. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same
1: time, I feel like this could turn into some kind of new and improved Disney vault situation. How so? Where you have just kind of the, because Disney vault is all about these like repeated, um, repeated releases Mm-hmm. where you have kind of the fan base coming back over and over and over again. And it's obviously worked. It's worked since the eighties. It's still working. Like Disney's still putting out their same movies in updated platforms. Yeah. Uh, like we just got the, like, I think they just started the 4k versions of their vaulted movies. Jesus. Um, and so like, I can definitely see Warner brothers kind of treating it the same way as like, Oh, we have a new version of the movie. Cause we added in a scene um, Or even going to back to like Because I feel like it's not gonna Stop it if if it's bad It might stop at Snyder um, But if it's good then we Might get like you know where's the David, David The David air cut we're, of Suicide Squad we're
0: already getting that There's already like there's already All this talk about now release the Air cut for fuck's sake there is now A very very small movement For release the Trank cut Of Fant4Stick Oh God, no! And, the, and, and I think that movie is I, unsavable. I've still never seen it, and I think that is exactly the problem: is that it 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 vindicated a movement that should never have gotten traction to begin with. And I, it doesn't help that Snyder and his primary cast fueled it themselves. And there's look, there's a total argument made here that like they were justified in being frustrated, like the fact that Zack Snyder was basically booted off uh, the project that they kind of used his own personal tragedy as a semi-excuse to make that move is also really, really sad and terrible. Oh, yeah. And, look, I don't think he's an amazing filmmaker. I think he's a great visual filmmaker. I think he had the wrong ideas through all this sort of stuff. But that being said, like, that's really hard as a creative to see something that you do care about heavily get taken away from you and be just completely, completely bastardized. But uh, this... And this is also a weird situation, too, because, like, this was problematic from the beginning. Like, Snyder probably shouldn't have been picked because he doesn't know how to do Superman. And so that movie was a bad place to start. That was a bad movie to then spin off a cinematic universe. He was the wrong director to hand that to when he had multiple kind of failed projects, even though, like, Warner Brothers stuck with it. Ultimately, it was a case of a studio being risk averse and making bad calls. And that has now extended all the way down to them eventually releasing this thing. But like, look, I'm curious to see it. You know, I'd also be curious to see like what the, the David Ayer cut of suicide squad would be, but also like, I just don't care. Like at the end of the day, like those movies are messy. They're, they're not going to further contribute to a larger expanded universe. So I'd rather just move past them rather than keep revisiting them. And, and, and
1: also with that stuff, it's because I've been seeing reports that kind of um, con- uh, contradict each other of some say there's going to be some reshoots. Others are saying there's going to be no reshoots. Yeah, I think I think the question from that point is at what level of quality are they willing to put out to appease fans? Like, are we going to get like I mentioned before with with clerks, there was the kind of the 2000s version of clerks that came out where um, Kevin Smith basically animated two scenes that he didn't get to film because there wasn't the budget for it. Right. So there was an animated attachment to the original film. Um, Is it just going to be storyboards with kind of... Are they going to get people to come in and just do kind of voiceover? Is it just going to be Zack Snyder talking to the camera and being like, here's what I was thinking. Over here, we're going to have Cyborg fly in from the left, shooting at this this faceless horde at the bottom right of the screen. And it's going to be like this color overlay and it's going to be, oh, there's gonna be an explosion here, here and here. Um, but even going as far as like, if we extend this to star Wars, like the, the video that, uh, Mr. Sunday did. Yeah. Where he remade, you know, he, he got a team of animators to make the original script of episode nine. Um, are we going to get that level of quality or even just going back to just like, a storyboarded film, where it's yeah. it's either voiceover or just kind of sound effects, and it's it it turns into a, a digital comic at that point.
0: And so the the funny thing is, we actually have like decade plus old precedents for this, and something we've talked about a little bit, which is the Richard Donner cut of Superman two. Mm-hmm. So like the the that movie i movie you've seen, of course, uh, you're one of your favorites of all time. Uh, the The very, very short history on this is basically that Richard Donner was hired to direct, like, direct Superman one and two. Uh, the movie went way over schedule and way over budget. The producers on it uh, fired him and took the the ending of Superman two, tacked it on the beginning of Superman one, when he like flies around the world to like reverse time, and then hired Richard Lester to finish Superman two. But due to DGA regulations, Richard Lester basically had to reshoot a lot of Superman Two, like shot for shot because they couldn't use Donner's footage if they wanted to only have one credited director. What this means is that there's a very different version of Superman two that exists. And eventually in the mid two thousands, I want to say like around the same time that Superman returns came out, they actually put out on DVD, the Richard Donner cut. And one of the things like they even have like a, a, like a, title card at the beginning that says you know this is comprised of some like unfinished footage including test footage because there's a really great scene where Lois discovers who Superman is and it's a lot different in the Donner cut than in the final cut the theatrical cut and so they actually use the original chemistry test with Margot Kidder and Christopher Reeve in its place and they kind of flag like hey like this scene is going to be unfinished and so it's it doesn't necessarily feel like a a completely polished finished film it's much more of like an interesting study of oh, what could this have been and i think it it really works if you're a fan of that movie if you're a fan of cinema in general and the filmmaking process you can, you can kind of appreciate it from those two sides of like this thing in mid finished has its own kind of interesting element i'm very curious to see what they do with this because I think that version that might have like some storyboards or some animatics or that might use, for example, something like a chemistry test or early test footage in place of finished footage, if you're the kind of person who can appreciate that that's in there nonetheless will like it. but they are deaf. the way they're pushing this it makes it feel like they're trying to make this a flagship title for HBO Max, which means they're trying to go for mass audience appeal. And I don't think a lot of people are going to understand why it might feel a little bit unfinished
1: right i feel like the people begging for this movie aren't going to accept an 80 percent film
0: and and i think no matter also no matter what we end up getting whether it's the 80 percent film or if it's a, a fully finished version like it's the fans who wanted this have already decided it's great yes and so i don't i don't really know I mean, I guess for those of us who are just curious, we kind of win because it's it'll be an interesting thing to see. And I don't know. I just I I don't like that a precedent has been broken now, and I feel like now. We're gonna just see more and more of like the release, the something cut. Now, if this means we eventually get the release, the butthole cut. Oh, I was gonna say,
1: yeah, release the butthole cut.
0: (laughs) If no, I take, I'll take back everything negative I just said. If this means we get the butthole cut of cats, then I'll finally be happy. Let's
1: get the the scary version of Sonic in there, because just why
0: not? (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. Like at the end of the day, like this is such a trivial thing in the the broader scheme of what's happening in the world, but I. I don't know. I don't necessarily love that. This is a reality in a lot of ways. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, I, I'm sure you've seen 80% films where like, yeah. cause I even, even seeing like animated films, 80%, it feels like it's something you have to adjust to.
0: That, um, and that's exactly it. Yeah. And I just, I don't, uh, I, I feel like we, no matter we what as they the Hollywood
1: out, elites. We've trained our <laughs> eyes. Uh, to, in preparation for these kind of situations, but the the commoners below us, um uh, you know they're not used to this artistic
0: uh, Hodgepodge yeah I, I don't know I, I feel like we as this... the
1: bourgeoisie
0: <laughs> yeah, the uh the cinema oligarchy here that we represent like I look, I think if this if this were to shut people up. I would be less bothered by it. But the thing is, is like it, it'll never shut anyone up. And the fact that they quote unquote one means that they'll never shut up ever. Yeah. So I don't know. Look, it'll be interesting. We'll obviously be covering it next July mm-hmm. when it comes out. I think, and I guess,
1: I think the only positive that it has come out of this is I saw a news article that said Zack Snyder has just started working on the trailer for his new justice league cut. And honestly, <laughs> I'm pumped because if Look, we if we've learned anything from this podcast, Zack Snyder is the one of the best trailer editors there is. He gives
0: good trailer, yeah, he gives really good trailer. Uh, the final product, maybe a little bit less so. But hey, I you mean, know what when you when
1: you only have to perform for two to three minutes, everything feels great. <laughs> It's once you get into that like hour mark, and you're like, this isn't as good as I
0: thought it was going to be. This is not as much fun as I was expecting. I'm just tired. Yeah. There's And there's chafing. I just want to go um. home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, if, if anything, all this is going to do is means it's going to force us to finally start doing some of the live action movies, which we've been talking about. Because I feel like the only way to really go in and watch the, the Snyder Cut of Justice League is to... Uh, Treat it like a proper trilogy and do a revisit of Man of Steel to watch oh, the the right. watch the BVS Ultimate Cut and then to to watch this. So uh, get ready, Cameron. This might be even more taxing on our patience than the Zeta years, but we'll we'll
1: do it. Oh God,
0: yeah. All right, we'll do it for the art. <laughs>
1: You're being very loose with that term.
0: Yeah, very loose. All right, shall, shall we move on? Because I, I feel like I don't want to keep talking about the Snyder <laughs> Cut. Yeah, let's let's get into our episodes. All right, so here we are with uh, A League of Their Own, part one, the crossover between Static Shock and Justice League. So I meant to look up when this episode came out, because I'm trying to figure out when it would have aired in the uh, the run of Justice League. Right. Because the thing is, is that these two shows were out concurrently. We're, we're kind of clumping them series by series. Um but my, guess what? I'm going to look it up here. I would, I would guess probably season one. So this came out in, all right, March 2nd and March 9th, 2003.
1: That would be between seasons one and two.
0: Between seasons one and two. Yeah. Okay.
1: Savage Savage time was um, November 2002. Then season <sighs> two started July 2003. Oh, my
0: God, man. Savage time. Great episodes. Yeah great episodes uh no i mean this was this was a lot of fun like one thing that i thought was interesting right from the beginning is it starts out with a cold open something we i don't think we pretty much never get with static shock right yeah
1: it, it's very justice league
0: Yeah, so we, we have the the cold open which i also love because it's very star trek because it's basically the entire justice league except for uh superman, superman and, and wonder, wonder woman Man. up on the watchtower and they get hit with some weird like purple ribbon space. They call anomaly. it a solar string. A solar string, which, as far as I know, is not a real thing. Yes, it is. Uh, it is
1: more powerful than a solar flare, according to Hawkgirl.
0: Yes, and uh, the fact that it's basically passing through Earth's orbit but is going to affect nothing but the Watchtower is delightful. I love that they uh, they raise shields on the Watchtower, and it's like a bright glowing red, and it even has like very Star Trek level sound effects on it. Yeah. Like everything about this reminded me of like Star Trek Generations with like the Nexus, this weird random like cosmic space ribbon that just fills in any plot holes you need it to. <laughs> uh, but as a result of this uh, cosmic string hitting the Watchtower, the um, the core basically like overloads and then gets depleted. So they have to bring in Static to come in and recharge it. But uh, they have yet to realize that as a result of the power drop, that the containment field around the last remaining piece of Brainiac has fallen and so he has escaped into the watchtower computer and is trying to get out. It's a it's a good setup for yeah, an episode. That, that say, is a overall. great Justice League
1: premise. But question yeah. for you mm-hmm. is why is it okay for static to recharge but not Flash to recharge?
0: Um
1: Cause Flash Flash offers. He says I'll just run around it and use my friction, my own static electricity, to use that to charge the station. He's like, no 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 we need a guy who also uses static electricity to do it instead.
0: Okay. I mean, if if we're going to have to try and write around this, this plot hole they've uh, set up for us, this, this weird. Cause I've got a couple. How does space batarangs work, Chris? That's also a great question, but I I will start with this first question. Uh, Look, if I would say that the answer, if I'm going to make one up off the top of my head, which I am doing right now is that, the difference is, is that Static's powers are very focused and contained. Like, he already has the electricity within himself, and he can just directly put it out. We'll ignore, like, the physics behind, like, having, like, as he put it, like, thousands of calories that he somehow burned, putting out electricity. Let's just say, like, Static is always carrying around, like, a a significant charge, and he can just, you know, conduct it through his hands and recharge something. Versus... I can see the danger of having the Flash do it is that he has to run around that space to generate that kind of energy, which one is going to produce uh, a lot of friction and a lot of heat, which is potentially dangerous. Uh, I imagine that when he then like releases that energy, it is probably not as controlled and focused as when Static does it. And also on top of it, I think Batman trusts Static more than the Flash.
1: <laughs> that Those are all very fair points. <laughs> all right, I will accept those answers.
0: <laughs> Because I think that Batman knows he can just tell Static what to do, and whereas the Flash will just, like, probably make a mess of everything. Yeah, just do whatever he wants. <laughs> do whatever he wants. Um, but, no, it, it's pretty fun. It's, like, that's, like, the cold open, and then we go back into the... Oh, my God. That... that I never get tired of that Little Romeo intro. It's so good. <laughs> like... In in the same way that when you watch Batman the Animated Series and it has a little thing down the corner, like, do you want to skip the intro? And you're just offended. Never. Like, offended that it was suggested. I get the same way with Static Shock. I'm like, how dare you? My favorite part of this episode is listening to the rap. <laughs> Sit down, DC well, We Universe. even got a Little
1: a little Romeo reference in this episode.
0: We did. We did. I love that. I absolutely love that. They, they, they called them out. Uh, but yeah, so then static and gear are fighting some of the, the meta breed who've now teamed up together and, uh, the justice league jumps in real quick to, uh, to dispatch them. Oh,
1: but let's talk about their name. It's the meta men, the meta men, How all sexist. run by, uh, what's her name? Poof. Mist.
0: <laughs> I prefer poof.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's Carmindolo hot streak and, Who's the, the big guy? Bang. Wait, is it
0: Carmondillo or Armadillon?
1: Carmandillo is the real one. Armadillon <laughs> is our one. I legitimately can't remember anymore. Because <laughs> they both are so terrible. We have Armadillon, Poof, Hot Streak, and Bang. And bang. Uh, no, it's not Hot Streak. It's just Mark McGrath. Mark McGrath, yeah. <laughs> the Meta-Man. And then, yeah, the Justice League come in and take him out, kind of. Pretty- Wait, it is Poof, or it's Puff puff that's what it is it wasn't missed yeah i was almost there uh yeah they, they take out the metamen and then bring static and gear onto uh the watchtower the- i i d- does the watchtower not have zeta tech in 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 this justice league is that not until young justice uh
0: what oh zeta tube yes oh i was like zeta the robot no the much maligned robot. Um, I don't think they have teleporters yet. I don't think those exist until Justice League Unlimited. Okay. I know they exist there because in the the first episode they beam a Green Arrow onto the ship.
1: Yeah, and he doesn't want to be there.
0: Yeah, and I don't think they ever refer to it as Zeta tubes. I think they just it, they just have teleporters basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as of right now, they still get to and from the planet with the javelins.
1: Yes, because I had a question about that in the next episode.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, but no, they they get up there and obviously they're like they're geeking out hardcore. Uh, Static recharges the core, and then they um the Justice League gets a uh, an emergency call, so they have to go off planet, uh, and they leave Static and Gear up on the the watchtower just to make sure everything is running smoothly. So of course they raid the fridge, have their own little pizza do, party as pizza you party. do
1: when you're a stereotypical high schooler. Exactly.
0: Uh, I mean, would you rather them like? go darker and they like they you know find green lanterns like stash of bourbon somewhere yes because it's still uh philomar yeah I mean, that's true that was my favorite thing about these episodes is, was uh when we get to the second episode was philomar having a fight with himself basically yeah and how is, little I,
1: dialogue they gave green lantern just because philomar was already doing so much as virtual doing so much
0: I I love any of those times when you realize that a character, like a voice actor, is basically talking with himself, which is almost all of Family Guy, uh, all of Rick and Morty, and a good amount of Futurama.
1: Most of Looney Tunes. Yeah, pretty much all of Looney Tunes.
0: Uh, But yeah, when they're up on the the watchtower, then they get attacked by uh, Brainiac, who's now built himself a few robots. So, okay, I now have a question for you, Cameron. Okay. The cleaning robot. Yes. So, while Static and Gear are having themselves a pizza party, uh oh no Yes, the first the airlock door opens just the the random airlock door into space in the, in the middle, middle of, of the kitchen in the middle of the kitchen opens and they uh they're just able to escape by throwing a fridge at it basically
1: do you think that was flash's contribution of like it's not waste if we just throw it into space that's true actually like he he's the like he was the, the like, kind of, and that was his idea for cycling Mm-hmm. Which is like yeah, just you would wait until everyone was gone, and then just like press the button, throw everything out, and then press it again.
0: So, do you do you think that airlock uh, could also exist because that's how they do like deliveries? Do you think oh, they have like smart. Yeah. some sort of like uh, like space delivery truck that like back itself up to the side of the S- watchtower? Space DoorDash. But <laughs> like my favorite thing about anything involving the watchtower is, at the end of the day, it was designed. And funded by Bruce Wayne. Yes. Like every single thing that exists on there came from him, which is why I bring up the uh, the cleaning robot. So there's a cleaning robot who who looks like Zeta S. He's just kind of generic robot thing, but he's got, you know, like a, 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 a duster built into his hand and stuff like that. And he's going around, and he's cleaning up the watchtower. And then after Brainiac takes over, he commands the cleaning robot to attack and so the cleaning robot retracts his his dusting glove and puts out a spinning saw blade now was that a built-in feature or did brainiac create that robot and send it out there to try and kill them in a sneaky manner i so okay so it can go either way the bruce wayne build that robot with a saw built into it
1: it can go either way i i do like the idea of it being brainiac and he has all this knowledge of how to take out other life forms. And mm-hmm. so the duster was his, like, it's like, oh, maybe this is like a gas. This, maybe this is like a gaseous
0: being. Maybe they have really bad allergies.
1: Yeah. Where he, like, his first attempt was, you know, like, I knew this, you know, this race on another planet, another galaxy was harmed by just like rapid movement around them. <laughs> and so I'm going to get a duster because that's the only thing on board. And dust them to death. He's but like, that "Oh, fails. this plan isn't going to work. These are solid beings. We'll go with Plan B: a giant saw blade." A
0: giant saw blade. <laughs> uh, so I-, I love that's his first attempt to kill the moon. When that fails. He sends like a-, a giant robot after him. It's a pretty cool looking robot. They say a shack sized robot. I love they call it a shack sized robot. Um, and eventually they they defeat that, too. But then Gear uses his uh, his backpack and his dial-up communicator. I love that. There's a lot of dial-up sounds in these episodes. Oh, yeah. To bring back the uh, uh, the Justice League. And then they realize they now have to uh, drain the core. But they have to get back inside the watchtower first. And then this is where it felt particularly silly to me. Like, this is when it felt much more like a, a Static Shock episode than a Justice League episode. Which is they all get inside spacesuits to go attack the outside of the thing. Batman, his spacesuit, has room for his ears to come outside of the helmet. Yes. How does that work? Because he designed it that way.
1: <laughs>
0: this is his design. Like, do you don't you think that maybe he would just build a suit that then had room inside the helmet for the ears? Nope. Or that maybe he would just like take off his mask? He would never take off his mask and put it on. I, I, what I was disappointed though, is that it didn't also have room for his cape to come out as well. Oh, there, you, you know, there's a button
1: because it's, it's a cape, but it also, it's going to work as like a, like a, like a wingsuit. Yes. And so it's when he's like crashing down into earth, he has a button that he presses. It extends the cape out from the back and can use it to kind of like guide <laughs> himself down, down softly to earth.
0: It, yeah, it's just kind of silly. It's just like you know the the watchtower is like firing cannons at them. Hot girls like knocking them back with her her mace. And, and to your point, does yeah doesn't Batman throw batterings? Batman, space? yeah,
1: Batman has space batterings that are also like extra
0: explosive. Yeah, <clears throat> it, it, they're <laughs> they're complete disregard for physics. Or but also, sense hold on, hold fun. on. I
1: just realized this. There's still a giant open hole. Where the airlock is. They never close the door. Uh, maybe Brainiac closed it afterwards? Maybe. Maybe. I'm like, there's 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 already an opening.
0: I one thing I, I did like is that when Martian Manhunter goes to phase into the watchtower, he clearly like phases out of his spacesuit and into the building. Okay? Yes, it's I don't a, understand a, that. It, it's it's a little detail, but I mean, I guess like it's probably one of those things where if he's he can probably be intangible in an environment like space for a brief period of time. But can't he breathe in space? He doesn't need a spacesuit, does he? Um, I don't remember with him. I, I think it's, it's I, I think it's always him and GL that never wear spacesuits. I mean, I, I think some versions Superman just wears like an oxygen mask. Yeah. And other versions, like he doesn't need to to breathe at all they're a little bit inconsistent on in how they they handle him so I, my my read on that is that Martian manhunter can be intangible for like a brief period of time in something like space and so like he has to like phase out of his suit through space for like a, a quick second and then into the watchtower okay it's a little detail but uh i i, I like that though um <laughs> but uh i think my, my favorite part of this episode though is that ultimately they defeat brainiac with napster
1: I wrote, they beat a virus with a virus. They downloaded LimeWire.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Gear just downloads some song like a million billion times, which I think is more or less the exact phrase he uses, until the memory on the Watchtower gets overloaded and it pushes Brainiac out. Yes.
1: Which is like such a great high school answer. It is. Like, I like, really appreciate that.
0: You know what? Like It's, it's a silly thing but i actually like that that's how they did it because like it it is grounded in a loose sense of how technology actually works and that you're right that is exactly what a high schooler would do to like solve that problem yeah uh plus it gives us a great line where uh, britney says i will be back and i will blah 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 blah, but lay the funk down (laughs) and then he dies it's like i don't it's it's all kind of silly but it's fun though
1: it is. This is a very fun episode, and I I like too that I think they because re- they gave Flash the most dialogue of the Justice League members. That's always a good sign for a fun episode.
0: Yeah, and and as they should, because like it is meant to be like a little more light, a little more fun. Um, you know, like Hawkgirl, GL, and Martian Manhunter are definitely more like the kind of like stoic, serious ones. And even like Batman, they let him be like a little bit playful. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like even by the time they got to Justice League, he he had kind of softened up a little bit. or He has, he has more moments of levity maybe there than he did elsewhere. Uh, plus, you know, he has a soft spot for Static. Right. Like, he likes this kid. He respects him. He trusts him. Some, um, as you said,
1: probably more than Flash.
0: I, obviously more than the Flash. <laughs> for, for good reason. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a fun dynamic. And I like... That this is really a a two-parter of two distinct parts. Mm-hmm. Like the the story for this episode really does wrap up. Like they seemingly defeat Brainiac at the end. And it's only the very, very end of the episode they realize that he escaped through Backpack and he attacks Richie. And then, you know, part two takes a really different storyline. I liked that. I liked that it it had a sense of finality to it, but also like an ongoing story. Mm-hmm and especially that this was broken up over like with a week in between when it originally aired and I'm, I'm pretty sure I watched this when it originally aired. It's like it's like oh cool like you feel like it's it's heading towards like a nice conclusion and like at the very last minute like what no there's a cliffhanger you bastards. <laughs> Plus then there's more Justice League.
1: Exactly. Uh, I'm trying to think I, I I don't think I have any more notes on this
0: episode. I, I also... I, I like that they uh, they took the picture, too. That they were like, okay, fine. I, I we, loved that they took the picture. That made
1: me we very can happy. Ta-
0: we can take one picture. Yeah. Like, you know, Richie just... He just can't believe this is actually happening. Like, I think that's one of the best things about this is, like, Richie feels like he's authentically really nerding out here.
1: Yeah. I, I would have loved, like, if each of the Justice League members would have messed it up in their own way.
0: Oh, uh, instead of just the Flash doing the, the, the ears?
1: Oh, yeah. If, like... I think it would have been. It would have put kind of put them in a more negative light. But Flash like make intentionally makes himself blurry. Mm-hmm. Uh, GL kind of like puts a shine over him, so he's super out of not out of focus, like super uh, wided out, like mm-hmm. uh, mess up the white balance. Batman just disappears. Right, <laughs> he just
0: drops a smoke bomb.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Manhunter just phases out of the picture. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so, so in the end, it just looks
0: like it's it's just Richie and Sadie. just like, hey, it's just the two of them. And <laughs> yeah. Like, it looks like they just took it at like a like a carnival. Yeah. Like on a front of a green screen <laughs> to fake it. But it, it's like one of those fun things that exists in these sort of worlds where like it's a photo that they'll never be able to show anyone ever. Mm-hmm. But they just like want to have it for their own. Just like keepsake. Right. Because they can put it up in their uh, in their uh, gas station hideout. Exactly. I don't know. It's it's a lot of fun though. I I really uh I really quite enjoyed this. But um yeah. Do you want to move on to a League of Their Own Part Two?
1: I do because I have a big question part for two? you in, in this. Okay. One. All right. Uh, bring two, it on. two big two big questions. Okay. Uh. So it starts off with Richie being taken taken over by Brainiac, um, and then the Justice League realizes that Brainiac is still alive, mm-hmm. um, and so they send or Flash, um, offers himself to go and find Richie. And he's like, oh, wait, but I don't know what this kid looks like. Oh, yeah. Um, isn't he a, like, forensic scientist?
0: Uh, yes. He works uh, with detectives. He, yeah, well, so, yeah, I mean, he's, yes, he's he's a forensic scientist. But I guess, like, he doesn't do the actual, like, manhunting element, does he? He just does all, like, the science work in the I background. guess that's true. Yeah.
1: I, I would just expect him, because I, I think this joke is done better in the Justice episode where him and Lex Luthor switch places.
0: Oh, that's a good one. hmm
1: Yeah. It's like, I have no idea who this is.
0: <laughs> um, it's
1: such a great moment. And and we we've also made the joke, and I, I would have loved for Batman to make the same joke where like Richie doesn't really have a mask, he just has like the, the green tint over his face. Yeah. And I would have loved for Batman just to like flick him a piece of, of green glass. And he's like, (laughs) hold this up to some kids and you'll find him.
0: (laughs) He's like, he's not hiding anything. Yeah, he's basically hiding in plain sight. Well, like I I do think it's interesting that that's how Batman tells him to go track down Richie. Because Batman obviously knows who Richie is. He knows Virgil's secret identity. He's going to know who Richie is. Also, you know for a fact that Batman makes a habit of tracking down every single person's secret identity. Yes. And also making life
1: as hard as possible for Flash. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's probably actually that's probably why he did this. He could have just given him a name. It's like his name is Richie Foley. He goes to Dakota High School. Here's where he hangs out. He's like, no, I'm gonna make you work for this. Yeah, I feel like Batman just sends Flash on annoying errands just to get him out of the watchtower oh, constantly.
1: For a so I, I've, I've brought this show up a few times. Taskmaster, Taskmaster, the the British uh-huh. game show. Yeah, um, they have a very fun segment where every task is done by every member of the of, of the all the competitors um but every now and then they'll have a very monotonous task that, that they'll show that they only gave one person <laughs> uh and they think that like everyone has to do this so they're like <laughs> actually trying to do it well and win yeah um uh, and in reality it's like who can count like 300 the fastest and then it's like one person sitting there just like trying to count as fast as possible taking it super seriously and everyone else is like why are
0: you doing this you're being dumb God, what a bunch of dicks! Yeah, it's so good. That, that is absolute shit. Batman would do to people too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's so smug. <laughs> oh, one, we,
1: one of the recent ones was uh, they dropped a uh, like a beach ball in the middle of a lake, and it was you could get it however you wanted. You just had to get the beach ball back the fastest. Okay, and they only like, gave it to one person, and she like sprinted through the water, like didn't care about her clothes. There was a boat next to her, and she's like, "No, I'm faster if I just swim myself." Uh, It's like congratulations you did it uh you don't get anything for it
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's
1: fantastic
0: it's a great show uh yeah they should absolutely have flash on that show be highly entertaining uh but yeah so at this point brainiac's like taking over richie and no one's quite figured out yet but he's acting like super weird and uh Robotic. robotic and um yeah, so he uh, the Flash tries to like find Richie, he eventually does and he gets taken out by uh by Backpack and I, I love it too cuz it's a great moment where like Richie kind of like steps out of the shadows and he's he's put up his hood so that you can't see the uh, the brainiac emblem that's like on his his back of his neck, like the control chip. But when he steps out, like his eyes are starting to glow green and he's got like a little bit of like the brainiac tech like creeping across his face and then his hood sort of like makes the shape of Brainiac's faceplate.
1: Yeah, I love that. That was a really, really cool thing that the animators did.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's a great like visual nod to that character. And like it also makes sense in context, like why he would look that way. It is it's just it's a really cool like ominous um, do you do
1: you think look. Brainiac took the time To like cut out The hood so when he Put it over it always looked like him
0: Yeah he absolutely did Because like the thing is Brainiac in his Own way is actually like very I'm not going to say like vain But he there is like an element of like Narcissism like his whole programming Is that he Is like the greatest Mind in the universe Right And like because he's collected all this knowledge And like he believes unquestionably that his way is the best way possible. So like he has this own weird version of like AI vanity and he would absolutely do something like that.
1: There's a, uh, you, you still haven't watched avatar. Have you? I have not. No. Okay. It's on Netflix. It's great. There's a character you meet in season two named Wang Shitong. Mm-hmm. Tong. Um, name. yes. Who is, who is, um, a giant owl spirit. <clears throat> who awesome. owns basically the library of The world so mm-hmm. it's Wang Tong's library and the only way to enter Is to give him Knowledge that he does not possess yet
0: Oh that's cool
1: um, Yeah and so that like some people do it very Genuinely of like oh here's you know like a waterbending Technique that is very rare and only to my Village um, But one of my favorites is Um in, in when we see him in Korra the Second series um One of the girls is like, oh, do you know how a radio works? He's like, oh, yes, I understand the radio. You have shrunken down uh, many performers and put them inside a tiny box. And they're like, no, that's that's not not quite it. He's like, oh, have my informers given me the wrong information? And he has uh, tiny fox spirits that run around. uh, And you just see one behind him who like lowers his head and walks around a corner.
0: (laughs) (laughs) that that's actually an interesting idea. Yeah. Like he wouldn't necessarily like critique the knowledge. He would just sort of like take it at face value. Right. Like, Oh, okay. Like this is something I don't know. Cool. Yeah. In you can go.
1: Um, okay. So here, here here's my question for you. Yeah. Since you are the, the transportation expert. Yes. Um, the Javelin. So, so after flash gets taken, the rest of the justice league comes down to talk to, to Virgil. Mm. Um, the Javelin is very large and is great for long-distance travel. Yes. What do they do when they only have to go, like, 8 to 10 miles?
0: They still use the Javelin.
1: But there's no way that there's that many parking spots, especially in a dense city like Dakota. There's no way there's
0: that many parking, like, open areas here for the Javelin the thing, to stand. Here's the thing you haven't factored in. Bruce Wayne. Yes. Bruce Wayne is this sort of, like, insane... Compulsive person that would design a ship. And then when he realized that it wasn't ideal to land in certain areas, he would like buy up all the municipalities and rebuild the city until that every major city in the world had a really good parking spot for his javelin.
1: Okay. So, so now my question is what is the distance? Do you think they ever fight, especially Batman? Because he has no way of like getting around at a quick speed. Yeah. Do you think they fight over like, we could take the javelin, but it's only like four miles away. Like that, I mean, can you just like hold on to Superman? He's like, no, we can have to take just... the javelin. He's like, but I mean, just like for the for it's... the environment, like it's so yeah. much easier for us to just like fly and walk. We don't need yeah. the javelin.
0: We all can fly there. Flash can run there. We could be there so much faster. Time is of the essence. Can you just? Can yeah, because you, you have like, like
1: the boot up time. You know, they're not going to take off until Flash finds the right song to play. Um, and then so, him and him and GL are going to fight over what song to play.
0: Because you're you're right. Like sometimes if I recall in like Justice League, maybe like GL will put like Batman or maybe like the Flash something like that into like the bubble and like they'll float off together. What What is the most embarrassing way for Batman to hitch a ride amongst uh, the other Justice League members?
1: Oh, there, there's that great illustration of uh, Batman sitting crisscross on Superman's back. Yeah. I was like, don't tell anyone about
0: this. Uh, I would say that is, like, number two. I think the most embarrassing would be getting a piggyback ride from The Flash. I was about to say piggyback ride, yes. <laughs> um, just just because it's so emasculating, and Batman in particular would hate it. that you would have to, like, rely on The Flash to get him there.
1: Yes. Because uh, with the Javelin, I don't think... We, we always see it going long distances. But in yeah. this, they're going from one side of Dakota to just a couple of miles away, I assume. Yeah. They're already in kind of the industrial district, and they're just going to a power plant, which I assume See, is also in the industrial district.
0: That's true. I, mean, I think pretty much all of Dakota is like an industrial district. I think it's that's like true. nonstop industrial district, like a small suburb, one school, and the community center. Yeah, and and one record studio that's constantly getting rebuilt.
1: <laughs> and uh, what's what's their their McDonald's? Oh, uh, the Burger Fool. Burger Fool. Thank you. Yeah, I
0: had a couple Burger Fools. Uh yeah, so I, yeah, I would I, like
1: to know Watchtower database <clears throat> what is the what is the minimum distance they will use the javelin for in in wide transportation.
0: I, I would guess like four miles. Okay. I feel like four miles is more than Batman's willing to like run or like Yeah, because four miles is nothing the for city. the flash. I GL can fly
1: pretty quickly. Yeah. Hawk girl can fly pretty quickly.
0: Literally, everyone else can fly or run at super speed except for for Batman. Yeah, he has to rely on cables.
1: Yeah, because even even the last shot of this episode, uh, of when they're still in Dakota, or maybe this is when when they go to the um, when they go to uh, the the power plant. You see everyone take off, and you see Batman use his grappling hook to attach onto something.
0: Yeah, just. A, a building there's, there's a gargoyle on that one corner of New no, City. what i
1: think is i bet like in in uh green Lantern's bubble he'll always attach like a hook to the very bottom of it
0: <laughs> just so batman can feel like he's actually doing something yeah, or, he or, or like you said
1: he'll attach a a gargoyle to his own bubble
0: yeah he just makes a a, a construct and looks like a gargoyle and batman's just constantly swinging between them yes yeah, I would love to see like the animated cutscene of like everyone else is like way off in the distance, already fighting the battle, and Batman is like, like trying to get across the city, <laughs> like, 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 like Arkham City style, where you're just like, oh, I gotta go so far. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna like grapple up and then like coast for a little bit and then dive and flip and prance. Yeah,
1: it's like I'm going for a high score. I'll be there in a minute.
0: <laughs> he'll get there eventually. He's <laughs> trying to get all the challenges unlocked.
1: Yeah, Alfred said he'll make me my nice dinner if I float for 65 seconds.
0: alfred's just incentivizing him yeah like a puppy pavlov's dog uh but yeah so they they come to realize like brainiac has taken over richie and he's basically gonna do like the normal brainiac plan he's built himself like a, a giant brainiac skull ship and he's gonna go around and uh digitize the entire earth and um absorb its knowledge um or as uh static puts it he's gonna rip and burn the earth yeah so that was pretty great um, but of course, like Brainiac is able to put control chips on all members of the Justice Leagues, and Static is immune because his just natural energy field like deactivates them. And so then he has to go and fight all the Justice League members one by one. And that, like that's a pretty, it's a pretty good sequence actually of him like going each individual. Oh one. yeah,
1: that was it was very fun. That was it was probably one of my favorite Static sequences we've had so
0: far. Yeah, because it requires him to be clever, and he you know he's going up against people who are much more powerful than him or like much more um cunning
1: and it plays into i think they could have even played this up a little bit he is a fan of all these people he knows how they fight
0: yeah and so i know absolutely when he because he he's them. met
1: batman before i think it would have been funny for him to kind of fanboy similar to richie of like oh hawk girl like you know like like even like ask a question in the first part which is answered in the second he's like i know you're like really good at flying but like how like when you have these wide wings? How quick can you like turn around and kind of this stuff?
0: Yeah, how maneuverable can, are you? Yeah,
1: like you know, yeah, exactly. And so then he uses that against her in part two. Um,
0: yeah, it's it, it's fun to see him like have to outsmart them a little bit, and you and you also kind of get the sense that and maybe this is me just doing a headcanon sort of thing, but you kind of imagine that. So okay, so Brainiac's controlling them. And I would imagine that his – like, he's probably actively controlling them more than passively controlling them, right? Like, he probably is, like, actively having them move around and do stuff rather than, like, giving them, like, the passive command of, like, oh, go and capture this person and then you are going to, like, figure out for yourself how to do it. Right. Because you you also get the sense that all of the Just League members who are um, being controlled aren't maybe, like, utilizing their full capabilities. like. Like, they all know how to use their powers better than anyone, but, you know, imagine someone takes over GL. They're not going to be creative in terms of the constructs they build. You know, like, if they take over Batman, they're not necessarily going to have Batman's, like, intuitive thinking and problem solving. They're just going to know, like, oh, he's got batarangs and grapples and stuff like that. And space batarangs. And space batarangs. Do you think he has a different utility belt, just the space batarangs? Oh, for sure. There's definitely a utility belt on that suit. On the outside, that's true. Now, do you think he also kept the other utility belt on the inside of the of suit. Of course he did <laughs> that's true because we've learned he did nothing to change his normal suit he just put on one on top of it yes absolutely
1: <laughs> no, he gave himself double utility belts
0: yeah but no, it, it's it's a pretty fun um uh sequence there like i said i love it because we get a moment where green lantern is fighting static so it's philomar v, uh, v philomar and he uh Oh, there's that great moment with the Flash too, where he uh, he does his static cling. Yeah, I make love the that Flash Duck, and then he shocks him, and he's like, "This is my static." Eh, I haven't come up with a name for it yet, but I'll get there eventually. Yeah. That's what do you think I should one. call it? What do you think you should say? It's kind of a fun little thing. Uh, I love that he calls uh, GL Lord of the Ring. I will. Yeah, I wrote that down. Yep. I love a good reference there. Um. But yeah, I mean, like the you know the rest of it's just kind of like a generic Justice League versus. Uh, brainiac fight Well, there but... was
1: there was a line in there that was very unjustice league
0: Which and it,
1: it's it's similar to the the kind of note that we had in um the the last batman static duo mm-hmm. um and it's when they're talking about taking down brainiac both gl and batman are like oh this is bigger than one teenager you know like sacrifices oh, should yeah. be made yeah and sex like what are you talking about like that's that's not what you guys do like you guys save everyone. That's the whole point of you.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that does feel a little bit out of character. Like they had to, <clears> to write in like a bit of antagonism to, uh, to sideline static. Yeah. Yeah. And then I mean, he, the, but they
1: already have that. the, in the next scene, they already talk about like, Oh, you're too close to the situation. You can't be here. Like, yeah. I think that's enough. They, they can say like, we're going to do whatever we can to save Richie. But the main priority is to take out Brainiac. Uh, and it's like Static, you can't come because you won't follow the main objective.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You won't. <clears throat> you will hold back, and we can't. Too much is at stake. Right.
1: It's
0: like that's that's fine. You don't need this other line. Yeah, that's true. That that's fair. Yeah, you don't need to. Um, yeah, make it seem like they're willing to sacrifice Richie, which yeah, they definitely put in there just to like create some conflict. But Static, mm-hmm. of course, gets around it because he realizes he can just use the uh, remote control to deactivate. Um, backpack.
1: Yeah, did we ever see that remote control before?
0: I don't think so. Like, I, think, I don't think so either. I, th- I think Richie went to grab it at the end of the last episode when Backpack started to act weird. Oh, that that went. sounds right. Yeah, yeah, that was like the that was the intro of it. I mean, otherwise it was kind of just introduced for the the sake of convenience. Um, but like you know. It's pretty typical in these sort of, like, team-ups that they have to find a way to put the heroes at odd against each other. And obviously, like, brainwashing all of the Just League to fight Static, like, kind of felt like a inevitability. But I thought the way they handled it actually worked really, really well. And they gave it just enough scream time to feel like an actual obstacle for him. And you had to kind of take him out one by one without it feeling like it was written just to pad things out. Right. That's another thing. Like these episodes, they're like they're really like tightly scripted. I mean, they have a lot of characters in there, which is you know I think maybe makes it easier sometimes. Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot of there's not a lot of filler. Everyone kind of gets just enough time to like have a little bit of their personality come through. Yeah,
1: because I'm comparing this to the season one finale of Young Justice, where it's mm-hmm. all the sidekicks have to fight their brainwashed superiors. Yeah, and I, I think they both handle it well because because with that one it is like that is the two-parter like that's the point of the two-parter is part two is just the fight and so you can spend mm-hmm. more time with all these characters and and kind of go into their mechanics of fighting uh but no this was exactly as long as it needed to be because that's because this wasn't the point of the episode
0: yeah yeah it, no they did a really good job with it and then you know they they take out Act pretty quickly like the user remote control then he goes in the fritz and then they basically evacuate, and then their their solution to destroying him is to just like smash a bunch of shit. Yeah, inside I, I, which, I really
1: like, enjoyed that. That that I thought was like kind of odd because the it's whole like in this room we have some of the biggest and smartest people on Earth.
0: Let's just smash it. Let's just smash things. Well, and also the whole this all started because they had one piece of Brainiac left, and the idea is like he his programming is embedded in every single bit of hardware, and now he has this absolutely massive ship that is just. Getting haphazardly destroyed and like sunk at the bottom of the ocean, like there is so much of him left now. Right. It sort of seemed like it didn't really make sense given everything else that was supposed to happen, <laughs> everything else that had happened. But I mean, you know, you, you just gotta write it. I mean, the only other thing they could have done is like had GL like encase it in like a bubble and like throw it into the sun or something like that. Yeah. Which I feel like has also been which done is before.
1: Definitely something he can do. <laughs>
0: definitely something he can do. But no, it, it's uh. It's very, even, it even just
1: crush it. Have, you know, make a big orb and then just shrink the orb to cause the, the thing to shrink. Yeah. And then you just have this perfect sphere of Brainiac.
0: Yeah. And then just put it back inside the stasis field somewhere. Yeah. It could be done. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it was a, kind of a rushed ending, um, but it was a lot of fun. And then, of course, it's like the, the great thing at the end there when the league is all giving static compliments. Like, yeah, you know, you're going to be a handful when you join the league which yeah. is kind of a fun little thing. And, and like the nice thing too, is like, we know given where things go, like he does eventually join the Jess league, which is pretty great. But now th- these like, these are super fun. And oh, it, and, it then, def- and
1: then the, the button at the very end, I really enjoyed of March Manhunter kind of going through Richie's brain to make sure all of Brainiac is out. Oh yeah. And he's like, or Virgil asks like, Oh, why are you in there? Can you see where he left my little Romeo CD? It's like, According to this, he returned it to you two weeks ago. It's like, oh, dang, that's right.
0: Damn it, that's right. Yeah, oh, love the little Romeo shout in there. Yeah, no, these are super fun. It's definitely got me excited to watch Justice League. Yeah, as well. Like, it. it, it this reminded me, like, yeah, we're we're kind of through like the, the dark period of Zeta and maybe like the little bit of beginning of static. And now like pretty much the rest of static, if I recall, it's going to be pretty damn solid. And then we get into justice league and JLU and it's like, Oh man, we, we got a, we got a really good run. Mm-hmm. Really, really good run coming up here, which is super exciting. Uh, yeah. No, kind of a, a perfect couple of episodes to do for number one fifty. Exactly. So. Any other uh, thoughts on this or should we move on to uh, our next segment here?
1: Uh, I think we can, I think we can move on to our next segment.
0: Okay, so given this is episode uh, 150, we want to do some sort of kind of recap of where things stood at uh, this point in the DCAU. So we decided to do our best and worst of all the shows we've covered so far. Um, So that will be Batman animated series, Superman animated series, the new Batman adventures, Batman Beyond, the Zeta Project, and Static Shock to date. Yes. So camera Some of them were easier,
1: some of them were harder. Some of them we've,
0: we've. Brought up many, many times before. <laughs> some of you will probably be able to guess yes. what some of these are. uh But yes, yeah, so we're going to go through uh, real quick and name our our favorite and least favorite episodes uh so far. So, Cameron, let's kick things off. Batman Minute Series. Your favorite episode? Okay. What, so, wait, so, can I guess? Can I guess on this one?
1: Yeah. So I, I have I have two. Yeah, you can probably guess one. I have my favorite, and I think I, I have my what I assume is the most underrated. Okay, all right, okay.
0: So I think your favorite is, If You're So Smart, Why Aren't You Rich? Of
1: course it is.
0: It's so good.
1: (laughs) Uh, And then a a very close runner-up is Almost Got Him. Uh, Almost Got Him is fantastic. Uh, But then I think, for me, the most underrated episode, which I realized I think would have been a more fun prompt, is uh is read my lips i really really love the the vin- the first ventriloquist oh, episode oh yeah
0: actually you know what? that would be a fun segment to revisit at some point is yeah. that the most underrated episode that's a good criteria to go by i was uh, most underrated doing... episode
1: and most underrated villain i would say
0: yeah uh i almost suggest we do guilty pleasure as well okay would be a fun one to do at some point but i, I didn't want the segment to go too long um but i already know what my guilty pleasure is across the entire the entire dcau what so it's Monkey Fun, the one with Titano. From <laughs> guess what's my least favorite episode of Superman? <laughs> I had, the, I, so I kind of went through and like made a list of like potentials. Uh, Monkey Fun is absolutely on there for Superman. It's not my favorite, oh, but God. I almost picked it. Um, okay. All right. So my uh, favorite of Batman mid series was Robin's Reckoning, the two parter. Yep. I guess it's, it's kind of a cheat because it's a two parter episode, but I think for me, like that has like really high emotional stakes. Um, Like, the animation's great on it, the music's great on it. Like, everything's really, really uh, great about it. Also, caveat, we decided going into the segment that we would not include crossovers. Yes, because that is not fair. It seemed a bit of a cheat to say the best episode of Superman animated series was World's Finest. Was the one with Batman. The one with Batman, or Nighttime, the other one with Batman, which are both great episodes, but it's not necessarily the Superman episode, so... Uh yeah I also considered uh beware the gray ghost for Best of
1: I I also was Looking into that one that was that was yeah. a hard one to pick
0: Yeah what is your
1: I assume I know your least favorite episode But there's uh, kind of three to pick from for you
0: Okay what do you, what do you think is my least favorite p You either wrote
1: terrible trio The forgotten or sewer king Okay They were
0: all on my potential list Oh Mo- moon of the wolf Moon of the wolf yeah <laughs> I I so I had my short list of potential bad episodes of Worst One was uh, The Underdwellers, which, yep, of course, is sewer The sewer King. King, which I couldn't include because we love to show it so much that it, it has, like, a special place in my heart. Table Trio? Uh, the oh, Table no, Trio was it, on there, uh, yeah. but I remember they had that one really gorgeous shot of the Batwing coming up over the the crest, and I was like, okay, it had one positive thing. Um, I had The Worry Men. I don't know if you remember that one, but it was, like, the little – it was the Mad Hatter episode little totems i don't remember that one it's pretty forgettable but it's mad hatter so I, okay. I consider it and also prophecy of doom which was just insane the one that was like all set up at the griffith observatory with like the the nostradamus like prophecy guy he kind of had like almost raza al ghul style facial hair yes yeah I, I, I remember reading
1: bad. that and just thinking that was a raza ghul episode
0: yeah pretty bad but no i had to go for moon of the wolf which i think is just like unforgivably stupid yeah uh fair. what about you
1: uh, I, I was, I was tied between I, the forgotten, which is where he loses his
0: memory. Yes. That was on my short list as well.
1: Uh, and then just cause I don't remember enjoying it very much. I put lock up as just like throws, oh, throw okay. a wrench in there.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's, right, it's I, yeah, it's I, kind I, of
1: forgettable. I don't remember any saying my, many positive things about that episode.
0: Yeah. I feel like it was an interesting idea. They didn't really know what to do with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair call. Fair call on that. Um, all right. What do you have for Superman as your your favorite episode so far? Um, so I, I was stuck between three.
1: Mm-hmm. Most of these I'm stuck between three of my top. Yeah. Um. Kind of breaking the rule, but not breaking the rule because it's not a crossover. Technically, uh-huh. is uh, the Flash episode the? Is one of your favorites? Yeah, I love the Flash episode. Hmm. Uh, I have that one. I have Mixius Pitlicked. is Is
0: Yeah, that one is so good. Mixius Pixelated was the one I chose. Yeah. I, uh, I think that is a kind of unique episode in all the DCAU and that it is the most cartoony, the most weird and outlandish, but it actually lands.
1: And it's the least action-y.
0: Yeah, and it, it shows that Superman is more than just brute strength. Mm-hmm. That he's actually really really clever um plus gilbert godfrey is is so good the perfect casting for that
1: uh and then my last one is is the main man two-parter oh the main
0: man is really good love me some lobo yeah uh i also had on there of course monkey fun aforementioned yep that Uh, is on uh, uh the other list uh fun and games which was the first episode with toy man which was pretty good oh yeah and then uh legacy so the the series finale when superman is taken over by dark side mm-hmm. um, i think those are pretty good episodes but yeah i mean
1: wait so what was your number 1 what? i'll i'll say mixie pixel mixie is okay, yeah.
0: pic- pixelated mixie is pixelated yeah yes. i think that is uh, an amazing episode uh and for worst do you actually have monkey fun I as your worst i do have monkey fun as you my son worst of i a hate bitch.
1: monkey fun i have that the promethean uh and unity are my I three picked- worst
0: I picked Unity. I had I had the Promethean and Unity on there as well. Yeah. But how, how dare you? I <laughs> hated Monkey Fun. I love that episode. We get to see a softer side of Lois that we it, don't normally. Yes, but I don't care about this Lois. But that
1: Lois, she's great. I'm I, My first full Superman show was Smallville. So I'm always Team Lana. I, can't,
0: I just can't with you. I can't sanction your buffoonery. <laughs> Lana's great I mean, Lana's fine, but let's also be honest In Smallville, that Lois is better than that Lana I, uh, I love that Lana that, Like, she's so generic There's nothing interesting about her But she's cute Yeah, but so is Erica Durance, And Erica like, and that is the best Lois to date, hands down She is She is she, She's our Lois um, you For a new bullshit. Batman
1: New Batman, what do you have? I assume uh, I know this one yeah, what
0: do you think it is? Over the edge. It's over the edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I also consider "Growing Pains," "Old Wounds," and "Mad Love," but for me, "Over the Edge" is just like one of my all-time favorite episodes of of anything ever. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 absolutely perfect.
1: My my other contender was "Girls' Night Out." Really, really love that one.
0: I yeah, that was on my short list. I ended up cutting it out because I considered it a crossover episode.
1: That's fair. I did forget that Batgirls in it.
0: Yeah, well, because I mean, well, Supergirl. sorry, Bat- Bat- yeah, sorry, sorry, Supergirls yeah. in it. Yeah yeah
1: okay it, here here's my question for you because mm-hmm. you, you watched all of new Mut- not new mutants um x-men evolution right i did who do you think does the better girl team up episode when it's when it's this girl's night out or when it's jubilee and shadow cat oh, and jean oh, gray
0: boom boom and they all like dress up in like biker red girls leather. yeah uh, this, this does it way, way, way better. Okay. I think they're I, both I, very, very good. I like that episode. I love that show. Mm-hmm. But I think, uh, girls night out is like one of the best episodes. It's just cause the, the dynamic there between everyone is so much fun. Like the, the Batgirl, Supergirl dynamic is super fun as is the Harley and Ivy throwing in live wire is like kind of a wrench in that whole situation too. Makes it really entertaining. And yeah. just, I think all those characters have such great chemistry, together and such great chemistry like in opposition to each other like it is it is one of the best i agree if we hadn't established our no crossover rule i would have picked that one probably (laughs) but uh
1: and then for our worst i'm sure we both have the same one because there's only one bad episode of new batman
0: adventures yeah critters it is critters it is absolutely so sorry maddie but critters is awful critters is the worst (laughs) thing that came out of new batman every every other Show I had multiple options for both best and worst, including Zeta. I had options for everything. The only one that had one answer was worst episode of the new Batman adventures. And it was critters. It is a clear, very clear answer. (laughs) You can cut that shit out and no one, but Maddie will be sad. Yes. But Maddie's sadness will eclipse everyone else's joy that it's gone. (laughs) Bless your heart, Maddie. We love you for it. All right. Uh Batman Beyond. I found this one hard, actually. I also
1: found this one hard because they're very middle of the road as we talked about. It's, like it's very post middle of the season road. 1, there's not really anything like outstanding but not anything that like to scoff at. No, it's like I,
0: except I mean, for one episode. Oh, yes. There, there, there's some definite bad ones in there, but like the best thing about Batman Beyond is Return of the Joker, but we weren't including movies in this. I know. And like I mean, I think it's also fair to say that the best thing about Batman animated series is Mask of the phantasm, but outside of that movie, there are some excellent, just truly excellent episodes. Here, here's and a question for you with Batman beyond. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you th- not really a question, more of a thought. Mm-hmm. I, I wish we would have gotten return of the Joker at the end of season two. And then those characters became main characters for season three.
0: Like the, the Joker, which the Joker's, I mean, I would have loved to see them appear more because I think those because they're the best villains. Are, they're yeah, they're really well fleshed out. I mean, yeah, I, I would have liked to see that too. I guess it, it wouldn't. I don't think it would have made that much of a difference, especially because I feel like by the time we got to season three, we weren't doing that many Joker focused episodes.
1: But I, th- like, I think if if the movie came out first and they saw like how popular these characters were, like what if we saw a different spin on, um, on the Dark Knight Returns? where you actually get to see the uprising happen in person or you have the oh, jokers like, like the, oh, start, yeah where we have the joker starting this riot
0: culture and, and kind of bringing in all these crazies so the the batman beyond comic series um from 2010 2011 i want to say eventually did that story okay of like one joker emerges amongst the Jokers and he actually, like, unifies them and leads them as a team together. And it's a really good story and it's done really well in the comics and would have made for a great episode or, or even a couple episodes, uh, you know, for your love of two-parters. I think it would have been necessary. <laughs> uh, th- that would have been cool to see. I, I just, I feel like Batman Beyond ultimately suffered from just not having great villains, great designs and interesting ideas. And, you know, it, it gave arcs those villains i think ink especially had like an interesting arc to go through yeah ink um, i loved um but uh, for the most part they just didn't shriek i loved yeah they, they those the episodes are just they're all kind of like eh, in general so i mean w- what were some of the episodes you considered for for best of though with Beyond, um, i
1: had i had the the pilot i think rebirth is fantastic
0: Ooh, that's fair it's a good um, shout it's a very good shout
1: i have that one i have the season one finale ascension Mm-hmm. the the end of uh the end of blight and what we would both consider is the the drop-off of the show yeah kind of uh and then i have eyewitness where it's uh batman v uh, um oh batman yes. v gordon on who can solve the crime correctly
0: oh i, for, I actually forgot about that episode it, it made it through my my short list so what what your top one would be rebirth the pilot
1: i think so i think i think the pilot is such a great start to a show like that's such it's so strong that's
0: fair no i think it's really solid um i had for mine um ace in the hole was a contender where we learned the back you you do love ace in the hole you're a big fan of the dog stories uh i had egg baby on there okay like it's a weird one but that is a really fun episode um Like the, the, I can't remember the the character's name, but like the, the gangster mom and the two sons, like they're kind of goofy. Oh, I did. I completely forgot about those three. That's right. It's silly, but it's fun. I had that as a consideration. I had dead man's
1: hand as a consideration. The first episode with the
0: Royal Flush Gang.
1: Yes. I, I, I I want to just like have that as like a trilogy as a three parter, the three Royal Flush Game episodes.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like the, they gave an arc to those characters that wasn't necessarily super satisfying in the end. Um, but I actually picked for my favorite episode, Meltdown, the one with Mr. Freeze. Okay, that is a great one. I, to me, I think that encapsulates what made, that shows at it's most interesting when it highlights the differences between Bruce and Terry, both as people and also as crime fighters. The fact that Bruce is cynical all the way through and Terry wants to believe that Mr. Freeze has actually redeemed himself. And that in the end, Bruce ends up being right, but he's not happy, happy about he it. Ended up being right, like I, I think that has that that's a really interesting dynamic there. I think that's my favorite. Yeah. Um, for worst episodes, yeah. What do you have? I'm guessing you put rats. I forgot about
1: rats. You? How did you for forget rats. about rats? I put our favorite boy, Charlie Big oh, Dick Charlie. Charlie
0: Big Dick Charlie and Big Time and Betrayal. I avoid a mock. I consider those mostly because I just wanted to bring up Charlie Big Dick Charlie again. Um, I actually ended up doing Earth Mover, which was the one about like the the the, the guy who was like betrayed by his friend and like left at a, an industrial site and got infected with like this weird toxic cosmic goo and then he was able to control the earth. So then he started like stalking his uh, daughter, who was then adopted by the friend who betrayed him. I have
1: no memory of this like the, episode. Like the either. mud
0: monsters are always going around attacking. Like the episode ends in like some underground cavern because the mud monsters have brought the daughter down to like the, the remains of the dad who has like some sense of consciousness left. The only good thing about the episode is it had like the bat submarine, which then never appears <laughs> again. Um, but to me, that episode was just like really dumb. And as much as like rats is a bad episode, I, I also like the fact that it, it actually gave, dana a focus episode where she got to have like some agency and it also points out oh that's
1: that that episode that's right
0: yeah and it also points out that terry is a terrible terrible boyfriend yes
1: which we learned many many times throughout the rest of the show
0: yeah so i went for earth mover but you went for uh was it betrayal uh big time big time oh that oh big time yeah child big i also because i I just
1: don't remember liking the villain i i threw in touch of karare
0: oh i i kind of like that one though there's some good action in that. That yeah, yeah. yeah she, big, big time is big time is, is my worst. Big time. Those are fair. Uh, okay, on to another very challenging episode yeah. to pick. Zeta. I think through most
1: of Beyond and Zeta, I was just in this like haze.
0: They were. Or, like, they, I don't remember a lot great. of these. They were. It was. It was a rough time. And this was a year ago. Fuck! It was a year ago, wasn't it? Uh, what What were your contenders for best episodes of Zeta?
1: Uh the next gen with uh IU7. Oh when
0: okay. you have the
1: other robot I think we wrote a better episode. And I so- think IU7 <laughs> has the ability to be
0: a better villain. So you, you picked your favorite your your favorite episode based on the fact that you came up with a better version of it than actually yes, existed. Exactly. <laughs> Uh Be- for vanity alone like, I, I love
1: that. Yeah, IU7 is is the like it's one of those stories that I love where mm. it's you have a, a genetic experiment that has a new or better version made of itself. Experiment six two seven. I was gonna say six two seven, Leroy, six two eight as well, and six two nine. Um pen, uh XJ nine. I don't think there's ever an XJ 10. If I remember correctly.
0: Oh, from my life as a teenage robot.
1: Yes. Yeah. I don't remember. Um, Jenny, but there are like robots that claim to be like, you know, the most, the best robots in the galaxy that she constantly has to go up against.
0: So, uh, I Actually when you get down to it The real reason you chose this episode Is that it highlights one of your favorite All time cartoon tropes That have been done better <laughs> other places And so yes. that's why you picked as your favorite Because you're not actually thinking about the episode You're thinking about all the other episodes That you love instead Yep And there's nothing more Cameron than that So I approve uh, And then I I, a,
1: Yeah what, what do you have?
0: I went for Absolute Zero Which was the Oh the season two the pilot Season two premiere Which also Premier. kind of Served as a pseudo like reboot esque kind of pilot. That, that, um, did,
1: that was a good episode, yeah.
0: To me, that one was good because it, it was actually pretty good. There wasn't that many problems. It focused on Zeta's quest to get answers from Dr. Selig and the idea that he will still choose to do the right thing instead of getting what he actually wants. And so he has to sacrifice like talking to Selig in order to save his life. Um, that one was the kind of the only one that like actually was pretty good. Otherwise, I, I considered the Hologram Man, which was the uh, the finale. But ultimately, I went for absolute zero. Um, and then even more challenging, Cameron, pick your your least favorite Zeta episode. What, what, what is the the, the crowning oh, God. of the shit pile?
1: Um, the worst of them all. So there, there were two. And I, I think I've seen a pretty common theme of what we consider the worst episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Eye of the Storm.
0: I also picked Eye of the Storm. Yes.
1: And I think it's any time <laughs> we have our character fighting a natural disaster, Natural disasters are always boring. No one yes. cares. because I that that's pretty consistent. Because your beyond is kind of a natural disaster esque earth mover. Yeah, yeah. Critters is is, is just a disaster.
0: Yeah. Unity Na- is like naturally. this random like alien that no one really cares about. Yeah. It, it's it's like I think it's usually a a one off antagonistic force, whether it's a real shit villain or if it's like a natural disaster. Yeah. And he, even even kind of
1: giving a sneak preview of my static choice. Oh, I think we probably have the same static <laughs> choice too, I bet. Uh, uh but yeah, I have I have the storm, and then my, my second choice is Crime Waves, which is the beach he... episode where they meet the rich kid who is very uh, mean to robots.
0: Yep. Yeah, that was a pretty bad one. I, I had Kid Genius. Uh, <laughs> you hated him. Which, which is the one where they all turn into babies. Like this this gives you an idea of how bad Zeta Project is, that in an episode about a bunch of adults temporarily turning into children, there was a worse episode. Yes. I also considered the river rising, which was the episode about the uh the, the no or whatever they were. Oh the, yeah 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 the, the, the Amish ones. But I think I gave that one a pass because that idea is so stupid that I kind of love it. Yeah. I kind of love it just for how fucking asinine it is. But yeah, I think I had the storm, appropriate shout, the, the the brothers doing storm tornado chasing, awful. Mm. Absolutely awful. All right, so for uh, for static here, this one was hard because there are some great
1: episodes of static we've seen so far.
0: I I, I agree. Um,
1: uh, Except one stands above the rest, is... standing at about seven foot one. Some would say. Oh, I knew it had to be. It had to be <laughs> Static Shack. It is. I I I want to put static. I can't put Static Shack because really, after... you can't. Well, because it's we... your favorite episode. You can pick whatever you want. <laughs> Because we rewatched it, and it is it is so much worse than I remember that episode being. Yes, this is true. Um, so, what did you actually pick? I I was stuck between. I think Static in Africa might be my favorite episode. That's what I picked was Static in uh, Africa. My other two choices are Bad Stretch. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's the one where Robert Batman first becomes a hero, and he has to fight Ebon, and we learn that they're brothers. And they never yep. bring it up again
0: never again
1: uh, and then Frozen out is just such a good episode Frozen
0: out is really good yeah I I, I was kind of looking through some of their um, like socially conscious episodes like I, I very seriously considered sons of the Father yeah I, I think ultimately why I went with static in Africa is it has a little bit of that it has something deeper to say but it is also in its own right a really fun entertaining episode yes. And I, I think sometimes those other like socially conscious episodes. I think Jimmy's a very good example. They they sacrifice the entertainment for the message, and I, I don't fault them for doing that. I think that's actually really smart mm-hmm. and a great choice in their part. But I, if you want like a really good, well rounded episode, I'd say Static in Africa. I agree.
1: And then what is what is your worst? Because I have two.
0: Okay, the amoeba episode, grounded with the 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 Bang Baby <laughs> amoebas.
1: Because I had I. Uh, uh... My first thought was grounded, but then I remembered a recent episode we
0: watched. Duped.
1: Oh, which wait, did I, the did I for- AJ McLean Backstreet oh, Boy. Oh,
0: I love that episode. I, for,
1: I'm <laughs> obviously a very hardcore Backstreet Boys fan, but this
0: episode was so bad. But it's, it's bad. What makes it bad is what also makes me love it, which is that it's bad because it's the most 2000s episode of the entire series. <laughs> yeah. And I I love that this show, more than anything else in the DCAU, falls victim to that by actually being like like pop culture relevant. And this one was trying so hard to be pop culture relevant. Um while all at the same time still being dated. Yeah. Even when it aired.
1: <laughs> uh so yeah, grounded I think is is the right answer here. I do love grounded. Like grounded, I think is so funny. And how insane it is. And the fact that it's so early. Like, I always thought Grounded was, like, mid-season two. Yes. (laughs) And the fact that it's episode three... Was it make, ep- was it really episode three? Was it that early on? I th- I think it's episode three or four.
0: No, it's uh, it's four. The breed yeah is uh, number three. But yeah, it is really early <laughs> on. They were they were already struggling to find some topics there. Yeah. Uh no, I mean this these are pretty good lists. Not surprising, I think, for for either of us most of the way through. Natural disasters aren't good storylines for superheroes. I mean, and look, I I'd say like. Obviously, of all of these shows, Zeta is the worst. We had to, like, struggle to yeah. find good episodes to pull mm-hmm. from it. Except
1: I, I will There is there's one show that did a natural disaster very well, and I think it was so funny, and it's it? One Punch Man. Okay. There's an episode where their meteor is is, come, is crashing down to Earth, and they bring in all of the – it's the first time we meet, like, the S tier heroes like the highest level heroes oh, and okay, they all yeah. go at it their own way to trying to stop this asteroid from crashing into the earth uh-huh. and none of them can do it. And so it's like this very sad ending or like we're all, you know, like I'm going to go talk to my family. I'm going to spend the last minutes I can with them. And then you have the main character doesn't show up until the last minute. And he just, but he jumps it. and punches and breaks the asteroid, but he doesn't destroy it. It just causes a bunch of smaller asteroids to come and crash And so now he's now the villain of the episode (laughs) of like, how could you like you, you destroyed the city. Like you're a monster.
0: Uh, that is pretty great. Yeah. I I will give that episode a pass for doing something smart with natural disasters. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, looking back on this, I would say that the show that has the most great episodes and the least bad ones would probably be new Batman adventures. Oh, it's
1: absolutely new Batman. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and I'd say that for me, the the most disappointing one to revisit was Batman Beyond, because I always thought it was much better than it actually ended up being. Yeah. In the end, quite sadly. Um, but no, this I, this was fun going back and like looking at uh, some of the best and worst. I would really love to hear from people like their top episode from some of these shows. Like, what's mm-hmm. your favorite episode? It doesn't have and you to be the thing.
1: Favorite episode, and when was the last time you watched it?
0: Yeah, because I think that's this... also the interesting thing. It's like sometimes you revisit them and they don't hold up quite the way you wanted to. Static um, shack. Static Shack, for example. Uh, but we have one last here at our, our our best and worst, and it's just best. And this was Cameron's suggestion. And I absolutely loved it, um, which was obviously as we've been going through, uh, occasionally we go on these random tangents and come up with these insane characters that we feel like must exist in the DCAU to fill uh, a certain kind of void. Um, you had the list here. So it's like, uh, oh, the idea that Alfred hires all the villains so that Bruce has something to yes, do. Yes, our, our conspiracy theory that Alfred is the true mastermind behind all of Gotham's villainy. Yes, uh, as well as our as of yet unnamed uh, villain real estate agent, our villain costume designer. Yes, um, the, the real estate agent that we've
1: now seen in Harley in Harley Quinn like that that is a character now. That's
0: true. That is an actual character now. Yeah, the, the uh, layer uh, real estate agent. <laughs> the uh, the idea that there is a calendar like a Google Calendar shared amongst all the villains so they can decide who goes where and what crimes they do yes they never overlap yeah and then of course uh, our original characters is the filibuster and Sergeant Soylent uh, figuring out which is our favorite of these random asinine things you've created Cameron what was yours I I think I think I'm gonna go with filibuster because that was like the first time
1: we created a hero or a villain on the spot
0: I that was also completely chose the original filibuster. yeah I I I think it's like, I actually think that is legitimately a great character. His his power set of the, the longer he talks, the more powerful he gets is yeah. hilarious, practical, and perfect for his name. Yes.
1: Like all around, I think that is the best <laughs> thing we've
0: made so far. It's it's better than anything else we've done in this podcast. I, <laughs> I, I, if, if the only good thing that comes out of this podcast is eventually that maybe you and I create a comic, even if it's a short one, about the filibuster... And I, I
1: I I do do love Sergeant Soylent. I think that mm-hmm. is another cause it's a a parody of our favorite parody hero, right.
0: yeah. It's the the condiment king of the Batman Beyond era. Yes. <laughs> Oh god But yeah if you guys want to If you're not sure exactly What we're referring to If you go to our Instagram page Under stories uh, The artwork The amazing artwork Cameron did For both the filibuster And Sergeant Soylent Are up there I I
1: still I I still want to make More villains I want to continue Making up dumb villains
0: Yeah We we gotta come up with names From these other ones Yeah We'll we'll make that a a side project Keep that going
1: Well cause I Uh, have
0: I have mine
1: My very dumb ones That I've made up on my own mm -hmm. Uh, The corrugated The corrugated contender (laughs) <laughs> who is a, an amateur boxer Who was cut by a radioactive cardboard box <laughs> uh, So now he can fold himself <laughs> like cardboard
0: But he can never get wet Did I not bring up the corrugated contender to you before? You must have And, and sadly somewhere it got lost in my brain Because that is fucking brilliant but There's um, Patty Cake Who is
1: an, an exiled Russian slap champion who was accused of cheating and so now she's taken on the life of an anti-hero slash villain <laughs> trying to
0: expunge the cheaters from the slapping competition uh in my mind she looks like Dolph Lundgren's girlfriend from Rocky IV I mean
1: I I sketched her out it's it's pretty much just Dolph Lundgren in like um like I I mixed up the the cultures but like the German wig, like the Dutch wig where it's the uh the two pigtails. Oh, like, yeah, that's that's uh, like more Netherlands.
0: Yeah, Or yeah, yeah. it's
1: combed down the middle, with the two braids. Um, she had uh, metal implanted in her cheeks because that's where she would get slapped. Yeah. Um, uh, and then she she had I I, I'm still trying to figure out the rest of her backstory, but I had it where she cut off her hand so it can now be detachable and it's like attached with a chain, so she can slap it. people at a distance. At
0: distance. Uh, please keep making more of this artwork. I want to see, I want to see all of this. Yes, I will. Uh, all right. But yeah, we, like I said, we'd love to hear your guys's uh, favorite episodes. And to Cameron's point, when you last saw them too, have you revisited them recently? Um, and then uh, sort of as a, a pseudo notes from friends, we don't really have actually any real notes from friends. So kind of in, in lieu of that, given that it is our hundred fifth episode, we actually just want to do like a series of shout outs. Like, we would just do this for the fun of it. It's just like an excuse for Cameron to hang out every week and like talk about stuff we want to talk about. But one of the the surprising and best things about this has been like the awesome people we've met doing this either who have like been, you know, contributed on episodes or come on as guests or have been collaborators or just listen and write in and, you know, share lovely uh, thoughts and questions and comments sometimes. And so uh, bear with me. Here's me a long list. And if, if I have forgotten anyone, you, you, can message me directly and call me an asshole and i will read it out verbatim on the next episode um but obviously like a huge huge shout out to uh james and maddie and ted over at the watchtower database it was like the the kind of the first internet friends i call we made doing this sort of stuff and we got to do that amazing with them recently and they're just sweet guys and always chiming in with uh answers to questions we don't know the to do with because we're dumb and they actually yes. know what they're talking about <laughs> and we're not um, good at this we're not good at this. Uh, another shout out to Cal and Liam at the DCAU Review who do this exact same thing, but way, way better <laughs> than we do. Uh, of course, to Benjamin David at Above and Batman Beyond and Comic Book uh, International Network. Um, to some of the people who we've had on as guests and collaborators. So uh, Amanda, Frank, Chris, and Trevor. Uh, Jonathan James, CJ, and TC from Bruh Worlds, World. Uh, Vasilius, Johnny Briantes, my brother Wes, uh, my friend Alec, Sam Gash, who's been on a couple times. Uh, Kira Giordano, Lauren Rich, and Angela Cashman, who did that amazing Comic-Con episode with us a few years ago. Yes. Uh, And then, of course, our our number one boy, Electric Factory himself, Shane Tully, who is our our most guest. Yes. We couldn't have done this without you, Shane. (laughs) Nope. Uh, And then just other people who I know listen all the time and have written in at some point with just a a lovely comment. And so, uh, of course, Ashley Clark, who's always writing in, uh, the aforementioned Sam Gash our friend Jason Ophill, my friend Richard Gadsen, uh Bryce Lee, Brian Day, Ranky Customs, Cameron Miller, the one person we've met in yes, person. Yes, our, our one fan. Yes, which to this day was still one of the coolest things about doing this was meeting you uh, at uh, LA Comic Con, Cameron. Uh, Kiana, uh, Cameron's mom, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Uh, Chelsea Wingo, Gordon Wills, and Paul Hill, both of whom have amazing artwork on Instagram to so go check them out. And then uh, uh, recently a new fan who wrote to us was uh, the quarantine dream on Twitter who listened to our Scoob episode because he was gonna be watching it with his nieces. And he also has a podcast called The King of Sports podcast. So go check that out. Um, and I'm sure I have forgotten someone at some point, so like I said, if I did forget you, my apologies and uh, you, you know, please let me know and I will make amends on the next episode. but uh, just a, a huge thank you to everyone I just listed. Um, you guys have actually made this like uh a even more fun than it is otherwise. So much appreciated. Yes. All right, and with all that mushy shit out of the way, final segment here, Cameron, bat plugs, uh what have you been doing to keep yourself busy during quarantine? I finally started watching the
1: new DuckTales. How is it? Unbelievable. I've heard it's great. I I am shocked that people aren't like forcing this down other people's throats. Mm -hmm. this show is so like we talk about like a good compact episode Mm -hmm. like this show does such a good job balancing all their characters because i mean there are a couple episodes where you just follow like scrooge and you know it's it's kind of like scrooge and blank or Mm -hmm. it's the or it's the triplets or it's webby and her her grandma um agent 22 -hmm. but when it's like a full episode and you have everyone in it. It's so well done. And I like, I, I sit and watch these 22 minute episodes and I'm like, this is an hour. Like, this is an hour of content that I just watched. that They were able to condense into a great 22 minute episode. Um, I just finished season one. It's only two seasons mm-hmm. so far. It's upon Disney um, Plus, right? It's on Disney Plus. And just like, wow, I am so upset that I've been sleeping on this show for so long and it's it's a stacked voice cast yeah yeah so. it's um david Tennant is is scrooge oh, great uh, and Tennant. he does amazing they actually kind of like separated the triplets so you can tell huey dewey and louie are all voiced by um ben it? it's ben schwartz ben schwartz thank you um abed uh, from from community Danny um, yes
0: and um, uh
1: bobby Moynihan.
0: bobby Moynihan, that's right oh Great yeah, class. and you,
1: you hear all of them. Like you can tell who is who, which is great. Yeah. Uh Webby is um Oh uh there's the the comedy singing duo. Um I have no idea. They're they're a joke on Italian Oates. Oh, oh, um uh Kate Makuchi. Yes, thank you. I'm like it's the high pitched voice, right? it's Kate not Kate
0: Mikucci?
1: Yeah, it's Kate Makuchi. Yeah. Um yeah, she's Webby. Uh, Lemonwell Miranda is in it <gasps> as Gizmo Duck.
0: That's, that's oh, that's great. That's uh, amazing. Uh,
1: Beck Beck Bennett from SNL is is um, Launchpad McQuack. Oh, that's such a
0: great name. Yeah, yeah. I, I've i been meaning to watch that because I I I finally finished Clone Wars. I've been watching Rebels, and I feel like once I'm done with Rebels, I'm gonna do Ducktales. It's, yeah, because
1: uh... it's one where you don't like you can have it on in the background. Hmm. Um,
0: but like you want to watch it, okay. Like it just keeps bringing you back again and again. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I it's on my list. I got to do it at some point. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Yes.
1: Uh, so what what is what is on your list? What are you watching, uh, reading? Listening? I just
0: finished a book, so I love to nerd. say that I like uh, smart. Yes, absolutely, total nerd. I love smart movies, but dumb books. This is not just say it's a dumb book, but I, I like sometimes books that are just like a quick, easy read. And um, I found a great article on io9 that was recapping the best of the new Star Wars expanding universe stuff. So all the the new canon stuff that's come out. I'll put the link in the show notes. You guys can check it out for yourselves. Um, but one of the books I just read was uh, Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. So it focuses on a mission with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan from a few years before the Phantom Menace. So Obi-Wan's like like 17 years old or something like that and it's uh, it's good it's, it's, it's really fun Claudia Gray is a great writer she's done a lot of the new Star Wars stuff including um, Lost Stars which is actually a young adult book in the Star Wars universe that I read like last year it's actually really really good um, but most of the stuff that was on this list was stuff by her and I can see why she's really fantastic she's really good at just weaving a, a great fun entertaining story and um, yeah I mean if you kind of wish you had gotten more time with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan than you got in episode one uh, it's it's well worth a read it's a lot of fun so that's what I've been uh, keeping busy with. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I just finished it yesterday. So now I'm just figuring out uh, what comes next. So
1: I I, I want to start. I'm going to start the Thrawn trilogy uh, when I get my next Audible credit.
0: Oh, the original Thrawn trilogy? Yeah. Yeah. They're good. They're good. I read those last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I can definitely see why they wouldn't necessarily have made great movies, though. So I'm very okay. curious to hear what you think when you, you read them. But yeah, they're really good. And then um, Timothy Zahn, who wrote that, has now done a new thron trilogy i've read one of them okay i the second one but yeah he, he's a great writer and thron's a great character have you watched rebels i've not watched rebels i'm rewatching it now like selectively like watching like the good episodes it's really good it actually yeah. holds up really well I, I still need to finish clone wars i'm i'm two seasons in i finished season two okay yeah i'd say finish clone wars and then uh, if you want i can send you the list i'm working off of the the critical list in terms of rebels episodes you can kind of skip the random filler ones okay which is nice to do sometimes <laughs> But yeah, I think, I think, we can I think that it. does it for us. Yeah, I think we can call it. Uh, thank you, everyone, for for listening and sticking with us for these last 150 slash 193 episodes. We're almost at 200. I we know. another celebration. That, like, in hindsight, it was maybe dumb of us to only have the uh, official episodes be numbered because <laughs> we're actually much further along our milestones than we should be at this point uh but no it's this is i mean for 200 so we fun. can talk about our favorite side episodes that's true we could we could do that our favorite bonus episodes uh we can do
1: more sparkle quizzes so <laughs> many sparkle quizzes
0: i had thought about doing a sparkle quiz this time but this this kept us busy enough as it is yeah uh but no thank you for listening like you know uh you guys have actually made this like even more more fun and enjoyable so much appreciated thank you for K- cameron for sticking with me on this hey this thank you for
1: thank you Thank you for me too. I'm I'm <laughs> impressed that I'm able to continue to do this week by week.
0: Yeah. It is. You know, I'm very proud of myself. I mean, Cameron, you you are the glue that keeps this podcast together. I mean, I may record and edit and post everything for every single episode, but without you <laughs> without this me, would work. <laughs> yeah, it would be not the same. That's for not sure. Not the same uh no this has been super fun um uh, but yeah we'll be back next week talking some more static shock we'll be doing uh the usual suspect and showtime don't know what yeah. those are about can't wait to I find out i think i
1: remember showtime
0: i'm excited maybe it'll be the return of charlie big Tick charlie uh-huh. uh dreams but until then you can find us at tim talk on facebook twitter instagram and gmail and you can find me at lordifer on twitter and instagram
1: yeah, if you want to see uh, my art, which I should have a new video out very soon. That's right, soon, yes. Yes, you should. Uh, you can find that at Cameron.dexter. And if you want to see my face, you can find that at Camdexter underscore adventures.
0: Boom, boom, boom. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. We'll be back next week. Yes. Bye.
1: Superheroes static Chuck. Whoop, whoop. Superheroes static Chuck. Whoop, whoop.